0: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Sadiqim here with Zach Rizzuto. Zach, you know what I said yesterday? I said we ain't worried about nothing. But I did say we ain't worried about nothing when it comes to Allen Robinson. Are we uh, (laughs) worried? Seems like we might have to be a little worried. Just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, (laughs) I'm more worried about about
2: a different Rams player but we'll get to that in yeah. just a
1: minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in just a minute. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We're here on Friday, end of the week. Uh, you know, listen, I'm just happy there was some football yesterday we got to watch. Uh, it, it it was supposed to be a pretty good game, but it didn't really turn out that way. It turned out to be a, a blowout for the most part. Matthew Stafford looked terrible. Uh, the Rams' offense was looking like they were hungover from the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you know, like, here's the thing, man. Bill's offense, Bill's defense, you know, both looking pretty good right now. Yeah. So, you know. I think we kind of going into it, too. <laughs> for sure. But, like, you know, without Tredavious White, you know what I'm saying? Like, this secondary was able to do their thing, those safeties. And, you know, they were able to, like, really, really give Matthew Stafford some trouble. Yeah. You know. And it, it wasn't um,
2: just the secondary. You know, it was the pressure all night. What did they test? What oh, they yeah. Second, seven times. Like that oh, yeah. Rams, that Rams offensive line looked a lot worse than I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, they 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 really did, and um, you know that that offensive line didn't look good. You know, listen, you know it's funny, man. It, it, the Bills can potentially win the Super Bowl. Like I, I'm not trying to overreact here, obviously, but the Bills were the favorite going to the Super Bowl before this game. Uh, right. but it's funny that Von Miller, you know, he got those two sacks, and you know he's 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 trophy chasing right now. You know, he got the one with Peyton Manning. Right? He got one, you know, uh, last year with the Rams, and now he potentially can get one with the Bills. But maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I Von don't Miller's, want to jump the gun here, obviously. Yeah,
2: maybe Von Miller saw this coming, you know, that the Bills would be much better than the
1: Rams. I think that's what happened, man. I think that's what maybe happened. It. Well, who knows? For you know, who knows? Maybe the Rams weren't willing to give him that the bag, that the crazy bag that he got, you know, from Buffalo. But listen, like we're already talking about, let's get, get right into the Thursday night uh, review. Um, you know, Stafford, you know, didn't look good out there right no um and it's kind of scary to see what the bills defense was looking like you know without Tre'Davious white they looked really good so with yeah. Tre'Davious white you know a, a shutdown corner you know they're going to be a really good defense assuming they stay yeah. healthy
2: as they've been the past few years but this it really looks like von miller was a big difference you know he, yeah. he kind of powered up the entire defensive line that one guy on um, phillips i forget what his first name is but Never really heard his name before. He came through with two sacks for one and a half, but yeah. they were making impact plays all night.
1: For sure, man. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about Allen Robinson. Matt Stafford didn't even know he was on the football field, right? He like 15 play. targets for Cooper Cup. You know, all he did was look cups way, you know, for good reason, obviously. But Robinson was nowhere to be found all game long. Super disappointing. One target the entire game, you know, until some random target, you know, in the end zone at the end of the game on fourth down. Yeah. Um, now I'm not panicking on Allen Robinson just yet. Okay? Yeah,
2: you can't you you can't panic really on any players, but some of them are much more concerning than others.
1: <laughs> I I feel like you're gonna be panicking on K-Makers. Like you, you kind of have to be panicking if if you draft the K-Makers in the fourth round, right? Uh, but yeah, kind of. You know, listen, we'll get there. But like Allen Robinson, like this is one of the worst showings I think we're gonna see from this Rams offense this year. Like yeah. they went up against a tough defense, and you know Stafford threw for only 240 yards. That happened only four times last year. You know where he threw for like around 240 or less, uh, in in the 17 games that he played. So, right. The good thing about Robinson is that he ran a route on 40 of Stafford's 50. I'm sorry, 48 of Stafford's 50 dropbacks. So yeah. I think he's going to be fine. Stafford, you know the this athletic article came out, and I think it was. Uh, I think it was Matt Silva. Who, who, who was it? It was uh, Evan Silva. Sorry. You know, mm-hmm. uh, tweeted out and said that Matt Stafford, you know, he uh, he attributed, you know, Al Robinson's, you know, disappearance to the, <clears throat> to the bills playing almost exclusively zone and playing a ton of cover too. Uh, yeah. Matt Harmon then commented on that and said that this kind of makes sense because Al Robinson's really, really, really good against zone. I'm sorry, against man. But, mm-hmm he's relatively average against zone coverage, which is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have Cooper Cup, who is one of the best receivers against zone coverage, according to reception perception. So interesting takes there, right? Um, I still didn't see the all 22 yet. I plan on doing that today because I do want to see what's up with Al Robinson. But if they truly are playing zone, if if they did play zone all game long and Matt Stafford saying that they only played man like twice the entire game, then to me, there's no point in me watching the All-22 because the whole point of it is I wanted to see if Allen Robinson was able to separate. So I think right. that was the the real issue there. Um. So so you look at last year, Robert Woods, right? He also had only four targets in week one, yeah. right? Not not a good game, but he had nine targets in week two.
2: Yeah. Tyler Higby.
1: Yeah. Tyler Higby had 11 targets, in, in and yes, it is. And that was like, a little interesting. Didn't I don't do think much that was really, going to happen. But- he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Like like I said yesterday, super uninspiring. He couldn't do anything with 11 targets. So, Cup had a 38% target share. I, I think we should see a bit of a correction moving forward. So, I'm not hitting the panic button just yet.
2: Yeah, on any of the receivers, I wouldn't. And it just goes to show, you know, Cooper Cup's a fantasy cheat code, because even in a game where they scored 10 points and turned the ball over a bunch, he still had 31 PPR points, was it? He was targeted 15 times. It's not a question of you know volume of talent at this point is the question is is matthew stafford throwing the football if matthew stafford's throwing the football grouper cup's going to be getting the volume that he needs and that that was one of my big takeaways because even in a bad showing he was elite um with alan robinson you know i'm not hitting the panic button on him either like i said it's week one this isn't like some this isn't like they played the jaguars and came out and looked like this this is the bills the super bowl favorites i'm not putting it past him we saw this same type of performance, you know, a strong defense from Green Bay in week one last year. No one thought that the Saints really had a shot against them and the Saints ended up blowing them out. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, Stafford, you know, there were questions about his elbow injury, that kind of thing, all this stuff. It was it was just a long offseason coming into it, you know, Super Bowl hangovers kind of a thing. Uh, at least it looked like it. I'm not worried about Matthew Stafford. They got 10 days to come back, turn around and fix what they, you know, Fix the mistakes that they had. Uh, I think they'll be fine. I'm not hitting the panic button on anybody but Cam Akers, But we'll get to him.
1: Let's get there right now. So let's just talk about it right now. Right, like Cam Akers, the dude didn't see the field at all. Two touches. Right,
2: like I think that's what it was.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think I think maybe three. I, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Dal Henderson started the game. He never left the field. Hit 82% snap share the bell cow for this offense in this game 18 total opportunities came was nowhere to be found you know um yeah. now we were a little bit worried about K makers coming into the game right we, we were like oh maybe this is going to be a 50-50 split but you know he should get goal line opportunities right yeah. and this is not and this is, we nobody saw this coming right like everybody yeah. thought that he was going to be involved but maybe he wouldn't be as efficient because coming off the achilles you know, the all of the cam makers deniers, like we weren't necessarily deniers, I would say. I think we were mm. we were optimistic, right? Um, but dude, did not see this coming at all.
2: No, not at all. And the if you're looking for a silver lining as a cam makers owner, you know, I look at Daryl Henderson and he wasn't exactly efficient. He wasn't exactly very, you know, inspiring with the touches that he got. He had five receptions, but only twenty six yards under four yards a carry, easily. It wasn't obviously a good performance overall for the Rams offense, but uh, Daryl Henderson, you know, he I don't think he separated himself, you know, uh, from Cam Akers that much last night at all. Um, I think that Cam Akers not getting touches goes back a lot to the injury situation. You know, there were questions about his health going in, but they said that he was going to be fine, that he'd see the field. It was just, you know, I would have been okay. I wouldn't be panicking as much as I am if he got like, six or eight touches, you know, or maybe he got a little little early down work, but this was, like, not seeing the ball at all, and when he did get the ball, he did nothing with it, and, you know, you can put that on the Rams offensive line being, you know, crap last night, but I, 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 it wasn't inspiring at all. I don't like that Cam Akers got the ball two times, did nothing with it. I'm panicking, because especially where he was drafted, like we said, if it was anywhere in the fourth round, you're sitting there thinking you might might have the value, you know, that this guy might actually turn around and be a lot better than his draft uh, value indicates. Um, And it it was just completely out of left field.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I'm not so worried that Akers didn't do much with the ball because he was stopping the backfield a couple times. Um, But what I'm really worried about is where is he at and why didn't he see the field? You know, right. did he not see the field because he's still recovering from the Achilles? Is he not seeing the field because he's still, you know, not 100% from the soft tissue injury that he just had a couple weeks ago? That's my hope, right? Like, I'd rather that. I'd rather that, you know, he is not 100% from the soft tissue injury and they're just making sure that he doesn't have, a, you know, re-aggravation, right? That's not what exactly. I'm hoping for. And Sean Mave is not going to give you any clue to what the actual no. situation is. What we're going to – if – if that is the case, it, we're just going to see Acres pop up in a random game when you thought in week five, when Dal Henderson, you thought that Dow Henderson was the RB one right on this team and a fantasy RB one. If he's getting this type of volume, dude, like Acres is going to all randomly show up with like 60% of the work. <laughs> right? Right. We're no, never no, going to know when that. it's going to happen. Uh, and and that's part of the reason why I can't drop Cam, Cam Akers right now. Right. Oh, like, I'm not going to no. like you hold yeah, on. I'm talking him.
2: about dropping K makers. No,
1: keep him on your bench. Uh, you don't start K makers next week. Right. I would start Dal Henderson as a RB two. Okay. Mm-hmm. The type of work that he got yesterday with his five targets on top of his 13 carries. Um, and he caught all five of his targets. Like I would, that is low end RB one numbers right there. His snap shares, RB one numbers as well. Um, and the fact that they went against a tough defense, And he was still able to put up some numbers without scoring a touchdown is a good sign, you know, for Dell Henderson. And, you know, he didn't get any goal line opportunities or anything like that. So, you know, like we can start seeing a split happening at some point between these two guys. Um, You never know. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But Akers, you know, he just wasn't he wasn't on the injury report. Right. He was practicing in full, you know, a zero in your fantasy lineup. Like that stings on, a, especially on a Thursday, you know, because you got to live with it. Thursday night, going to bed, not you, just you're trying to Thursday. go to sleep, you're trying to go to sleep, and you're just like, oh, "Game makers, no," you know, you're just yeah. like, it sucks. Saturday, you got to you got to deal with it. Friday, got to deal with it, and then going into Sunday, you're you're trying to compensate with like high upside guys so you can win your matchup, and then on top of that, you went against Stefan Diggs, and you're really feeling like shit.
2: Yeah, I, I get no, it. N- I get it. Not o- not only you know that happens on a Thursday, but it happens kickoff weekend, you know, the first game of the fantasy season, you have high hopes going into it and you know, he shits the bed. So yeah. <laughs> that's not not never exactly. a good feeling. I don't you don't want to speculate too much either on Cam Akers, you know, you know, injury wise. But um you imagine if they only plan to use him for three carries, you know,
1: whatever it was, um, why well, even have him suit up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know why have him why, suit up? Yeah, I guess so. You know, but if Daryl right. Henderson got hurt, what would have happened? And then you worry about you you think about Kyron Williams.
2: Yeah. But you that's think the thing. about Karen Williams. They've been talking so highly about Cam Akers, how they're gonna be doing this. You know, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are both gonna have a role, and then Cam Akers just inexplicably gets three carries and does nothing at all. Like this looked like a healthy scratch situation, essentially, but you don't want to call it a healthy scratch because we heard about injuries. It's just it was Something that I don't think
1: anybody was expecting at all. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, and you know what's interesting about this? And, and, and Ian Hardis tw- uh, you know tweeted this out, and I just started dying laughing when he did. Ian Harden, if you don't follow him, he's like one of the funniest dudes in the fantasy space. Uh, works over at PFF. Uh, he tweeted out, you know, when Kyron, w- Kyron Williams ended up getting hurt, I think he hurt his ankle pretty early in that game. And he was like de- kind of declared out or questionable to return. But he tweeted, I said, oh, now that Kyron Williams got hurt, K-Makers, you know, is finally like the RB2, right? Yeah. And it's and it's like, it's funny because you think about it. There's some truth to that. It's like, well, was would Kyron Williams have gotten more playing time than K-Makers, right? And yeah, that was shaping out to be true because if K-Makers was only going to be on the field for two or three touches and Kyron Williams was already on the field to get hurt, what would have happened? Right. would yeah. he had been on the field to spell Daryl Henderson. So interesting stuff, man. Interesting stuff. So I'm really looking forward to see what happens next week. Um, But let's move on to the bill side, man. Stephon Diggs yeah. absolutely lit it up. Right. Nine targets, eight catches, 122 yards and a long touchdown towards the end of the game. Um Listen, there was a reason why he was one of the best for late first round picks for fantasy. Yeah. Right. G- uh, Gabriel Davis, he came through on that broken play for a touchdown. I know you were happy about that. I was going up against All right. you. I had Allen Robinson. You had Gabe Davis. Uh So <laughs> the good thing about yeah. Gabe Davis now, it was a broken play that he caught the touchdown on. The good thing about Gabe Davis was that he ran around on every single one of Josh Allen's dropbacks. Um, it's what yeah. you want to see. Right. Stephon Diggs, for some reason, was being taken off the field after every catch. I, I don't know what was going on there. That doesn't <laughs> matter. He's going to get it done for you. Uh, but you know, Gabriel Davis had five targets, you know, only a 16% target share, but he's like a big play touchdown type of guy. I, I don't think he's going to see that high target share all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. but on a good offense, he'll come through more often than not, you know? Yeah.
2: Um, with, with, with the bills receivers, first of all, I just would like to note that as of week one, my next Jamar chase T Higgins prediction is not looking too shabby. Um, <laughs> also on that, on that note, I think this is exactly what we kind of projected for Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. You know, Gabe Davis didn't get nearly the number of looks of Stefan Diggs, but he made the most of them. He was a deep play threat. He had, was it a connection over 40 yards? It was a catch over 40 yards, another catch over 25 yards, which was, which was his touchdown and a couple other grabs for like intermediate gain eight to 15 yards. It looked really good. I was happy with what I saw. That's exactly what I was projecting for him. But the thing for me is Stefan Diggs, you know, it looked like the Stefan Diggs of 2020, not that 2021 Stefan Diggs was bad, but this was, you know, being constantly targeted, just peppered with targets and the connection with Josh Allen was there. And that's like uh, on that one back shoulder pass, you know, it just mm-hmm. came out. Josh Allen took, it was like a one step drop and just drilled it back shoulder to Stephon Diggs across the middle, right across the face of a linebacker. He turned around, caught it. It's just that connection doesn't happen with a bunch of other quarterbacks and receivers. And that's yeah. what makes Stephon Diggs such a good player for fantasy as long as josh allen still in the ball Stefan Diggs just you know pencil him in that's the type of performance i'm expecting to see more of and often this season
1: 100 man 100 um uh, dawson knox he only had a six uh, percent target share you know <laughs> two targets mm-hmm. uh i think that should bounce back however 66 percent rap participation isn't too encouraging for him that Needs to go up to like eighty percent if we want him to be a solid fantasy contributor. Now it is possible that Knox just stayed in, you know, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, but you know, uh, we'll see. You know what what this team wants to do uh, with Knox and whether he's going to be running more routes or not. Um, eighty six percent snap percentage is good, so maybe he was just blocking more often than he normally would. Uh, But still, low end ten and one next week. You know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie uh i think you know he did score a touchdown but i think you can drop him like if you picked them up and you want to pick up somebody else, let's say you're on sleeper on yahoo you can drop him now even though he played Like i know an espn by default uh you can't every player gets locked even if they're on your bench um yeah. assuming you didn't play him you could potentially drop him uh because he did catch a touchdown but he split time he split time yeah. with jameson crowder you know if mckenzie was an every down guy and wasn't rotating, if he was the slot guy, I'd keep him. But he only had three targets, 55% rap participation, not great. The only wide mm. receivers you want rostered on this mm. offense right now is Diggs and Davis. Yeah, I'm
2: with it. And I kind of saw this one coming. And, you know, I know you felt a little um, vindication when Isaiah McKenzie caught that touchdown, especially after that bad uh, drop. Just, interception. In case,
1: just in case people started him, right? Like, right, you yeah. know, I thought he was like a, you know, a desperate flex if you needed one. Uh, but yeah, for those who started him, yeah, sure. You got the touchdown, but no, nothing, his usage wasn't worth hanging your hat on.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of what I expected. You know, when you have Stefan Diggs, you have Gabe Davis and, you know, we'll get to the running backs in a minute. Um, they were really involved. There's not much room for anyone outside of the big two in Diggs and davis i mean you know you'll have your occasional touchdown like we saw and james crowder was actually you know pretty good he was good as a as a player to spell isaiah mckenzie but um neither of them have the workload that 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 we're looking for or the big play that like you could say gabe davis oh he only got two more targets than isaiah mckenzie but gabe davis's targets were much much more high quality uh what's called fantasy targets than um, for sure isaiah mckenzie yeah 100%.
1: 100%. Um, And you mentioned the Bills' backfield. Singletary, he was the main guy. He started the game. Uh, he was on the field for the first few drives. Uh, Zach Moss did end up rotating with him quite a bit, though. Uh, yeah. James Cook, he he, got, he ended up getting a carry. <laughs> he lost a fumble on that carry and pretty much never saw him again. Uh, not a great start for him. Uh, yeah. You know, Don't drop James Cook just yet. You know, we've seen over the last two seasons this backfield has been moving and rotating, and nobody was able to really just like grab this backfield by the horns. And you know, what I'm saying that like, we haven't seen that yet. If you draft no. James Cook in the in the ninth, tenth round, don't drop him just yet. Be a little bit more patient. Um, I'm hoping that the Bills are a little bit more patient with him because they weren't <laughs> patient with him yesterday. No,
2: but for me, you know, when I saw James Cook fumble his first carry in the NFL, I had like flashbacks to Kareem Hunt. But yeah. the Chiefs, he did the exact same thing. I was like, are we going to have, like, a James Cook explosion now? Because like, it's, it's a good offense, you know. I, I was wondering if that was going to happen, but, um, you know, unfortunately it didn't. They did. They kept him on a short leash. And instead of reminding me of Kareem Hunt the rest of the night, it reminded me of James Robinson and Urban Meyer last year. <laughs> Fumble the ball once and you're done. Doghouse. But, I don't know, um, dude. I, I I was know actually, dude. I was actually surprised with Zach Moss's usage in the passing game. I mean, I know we talked about how Devin Singletary is not – you know, a good receiving back. He's statistically yep. last in yards per route run. But um I, I thought James Cook would get at least a shot in the passing game. I don't think they need not throw it his way once. So that kind of had me scratching my head. Not that I was anticipating big things, but I thought maybe we could get a little intel, you know, at least at least For see sure. what James Cook could do. So I was a little disappointed in that. But Zach Moss he's I think he's just gonna be a, a pest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, I I I agree with that. So so we'll see what happens there. Zach Moss didn't really look particularly great. Singletary looked okay, like he looked he looked decent in this game. Yeah. Um. But but I'm assuming, they they will continue with somewhat of a rotation for whatever reason. Um, Yeah. Now, I think that's all we got. You know, for this game, for the most part. Um. Now, Uh, on another note, Josh Allen looked fantastic.
2: That's exactly what we were looking for. Josh Allen was excellent.
1: You know, it was a little stressful
2: at the beginning of the game when he wasn't running. But then the second half, he came through and started running. It, it, especially at that last point, like, they were up 31-10 or whatever. He was running running the ball hard, you know? like yeah. he, I think he was just he was, to play.
1: I think he was trying to prove a point. Like, he was pissed about that Chiefs game last year, right? He, yeah. he, he could have made it to the Super Bowl. He was pissed about that. On top of that, going up against Jalen Ramsey, like, remember, like, the, we all saw the comments of what Jalen Ramsey said a couple years ago, and it's been all over social yeah. media since yesterday's game, right? And he wanted to prove a point, man. And that's why, and that's part of the reason why he was making sure that Jalen Ramsey got beat. And Jalen Ramsey did not have a good game at all against Josh Allen. So Josh Allen got his vindication against yeah. Jalen Ramsey for Absolutely. sure. So that's what yeah. he wanted to do. He got it done. And he was, he was, he had a different type of swag to him yesterday, Josh Allen. Like he was yeah. getting a hit. He remember that? Did you see that stiff arm that he put on, dude?
2: Yeah, yo, well, Nick Scott, is that it, yeah, dude, he that was just, crazy.
1: yo, on the sideline, bang, the dude hit his head on the ground. That was, that was, that was intense right there. Yeah, um, and then and, also
2: his rushing touchdown. You see his one rushing touchdown where he literally like jumped from the three yard line. Michael Jordan. Yep, yep yeah, yeah. He,
1: he did a little Mike, uh <laughs> be like Mike, move. That was dope. I love that. And listen, he was smiling the entire game. He was getting hit. He was hitting people, and he was yeah. smiling the entire time when he got up. So you know that he had something on his shoulder. For that game, um, but it was cool to see, man. He's a fun player to watch, you know. I'm, oh, a, yeah. I'm a Jets fan, but uh, I, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm more of a I'm a more I'm more of an NFL fan and just like watching all these players and yeah. uh, watching Josh Allen yesterday, man. Like it's hard to not be a fan of his at this point. Um, all right. All right, let, let's let's get into a little piece of news. Uh, it's not that much news since yesterday, but one piece of news from yesterday: uh, Rondell Moore had an MRI after sustaining a hamstring injury in practice. That is not good. Not great yeah. when an MRI is involved. I would assume he's out this week. Zach Ertz, he also might be out for the Cardinals. So Marquise Brown might end up with 15 targets in this game. Like, <laughs> he's a must-start at this point, and you're going to see in a second that I have him in my top 10 wide receivers for this week. Right. Yeah. And by the way, um, yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, go for it. Uh, I'm, I'm done with this topic. Uh, yeah.
2: Go no. I, I was just going to say – um, you know, we have I was just gonna note that we ranked, you know, Marquise Brown with the idea that Rondo Moore won't be playing. And Rondo yeah. Moore didn't show up in the rankings either. Um, Zach Ertz is in the rankings, but um, you know, we have an injury designation on him. So if he doesn't play, you know, just disregard him.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, I will say while while I bring these wide receiver rankings up, we're gonna get into that right now. Um, you know, I'll be updating all the injury reports like on my Instagram story. Um, so we'll be sending out a newsletter tomorrow as well, tomorrow morning around 11, 12 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, um, you know, where we kind of break down all of the injuries and whether we expect them to play or not, what the practice status was and all of that. So you kind of will get that, you know, broken down for you. Uh, but I'll also talk about it on my Instagram story as well. So, um, you just, just keep, you know, just stay in tune with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so you get some updates. So let's share the first wide receiver. All right, here we go. N- no surprise at the top, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. You know, basically just continuing where he left off, dude. Like the dude, yeah. You know, is 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 getting it done. Um, Justin Jefferson, you know, at number one, ain't no, ain't, there's nothing wrong with that. Going up against the Packers now, I mentioned Marquise Brown at number nine, right? Yeah, like I I don't think that there's any problem with putting him at number nine, like. I'm a big fan of Marquise Brown this week, man. Like, yeah. you can't sit him this week. All right, Zach Ertz banged up. No Hopkins. No Rondo Moore. The mm-hmm. targets are likely to be concentrated towards Marquise Brown. Like, and having Brown in the top ten might seem a little crazy to a lot of people. But only Cooper Cup had more top twelve finishes than Marquise Brown last year. He's already a yeah. high target share player. Uh, he's twelfth. He was twelfth in target share last year. Right. He was seventh in target share the year before and now he's back with his college quarterback on a more pass-friendly offense that runs a lot of plays. Yeah. And then you mentioned, you know, uh, Kansas City also lost Tarverius Word, who was their top corner last year, lost him to the 49ers. So we're looking at a situation that Marquise Brown uh, can potentially, you know, really blow up in, in this spot. And it's, it's it'll be really hard for me not to have him in my lineup this week.
2: Right. No, I, I agree. You know, I'm looking at the rest of the rankings and other players that are around. You know, this is a bet that the situation is going to outweigh you know other players i I think marquise Brown's going to be a target hog this week just because they played in college and i feel like it's going to be like you know the reunion game and that's kind of you know i don't want to say that every reunion game is going to go well you know jamar chase and joe burrow worked out you know we're going to see about Devontae adams and Derek carr but um there really isn't anybody else to throw to in the cardinals offense which you know at the beginning of the season we're like on paper the cardinals receiving quarter stack but they're missing a bunch of guys and Marquise Brown, the guy that they didn't have going, what's it called going into the offseason last season is now easily the number one. Um, uh, I think nine is justified even over Michael Pittman.
1: Yeah. And I had Michael Pittman at 10, you know, he's going up against a rookie and Derek Stingley, obviously, you know, a highly touted rookie, um, yeah. and Steven Nelson on the outside. Houston did allow the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers last year. And, um, Obviously, they have a new defensive scheme this year with Lovey Smith coming in. uh A new cornerback rotation this year can change things. Um, yeah, but I think their their secondary, you know, just isn't that good. So I think Pittman can this have is a the big day. We're
2: talking about, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pittman can have a pretty big day on Sunday. All right. I, I, also, I, I the Colts, I, the Colts are like have one of the. I think they're top five in implied uh point total this week, so they're going to be scoring right. points.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if they go up quick, it's going to be because of Michael Pittman. <laughs> I think over anybody else in the passing game.
1: Yeah, anybody else you want to comment on in the top 10? Um AJ Brown at number 8. What do you think yeah. about that? I think that's
2: I think that's a good ranking. I think that 5 through 8, they're all projected very similar. Um AJ Brown like they could go any anyway. I like CD Lamb just at 5 because You know, he's pretty much locked in for volume. Devontae Adams, not so locked in, but we know the talent he is. And he played with Derek Carr. I think that's justified over Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans might have a little bit more competition, depending on whether or not Chris Godwin plays. We're still waiting to hear about that. That's going to be a game-time decision. And A.J. Brown, I think, is locked in. You know, I think he's going to get good volume. I think that the Eagles are still – they're not going to – I don't think they're going to jump right away from the running attack. Like, they were really committed to the running game last season. I don't think they're going to get away from that immediately, very quickly but they'll definitely be more pass geared and AJ Brown at eight feels good.
1: Yeah. No, I feel you on that one. I mean, I feel like if Godwin doesn't play though, and I kind of have a feeling that he's not going to play. If he doesn't play, and even if he does play, to be honest, like Mike Evans is probably still going to be a little bit of a target hug. Um, Just because like he's the really, he's only like the the really like true piece that Tom Brady still has that he's 100%. He's good to go. You know what I'm saying? And like, he can depend on him, you know, this week. You know, it's right. kind of how I see. Now, I'm looking at 11 through 20 right here. Allen Robinson at 16, just sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have to sit with well, these rankings for a good like five to 10 minutes here. I just want to yeah. get over with this slide <laughs> as soon as possible. Let's just get right through it, dude.
2: <laughs> Re- realistically, though, was anyone holding over your head even before the game for having Allen Robinson ranked there? I, I don't think so. You know, this no. it wasn't this wasn't the same Rams offense that we were projecting that we saw last night. So I don't think. I don't think they can blame you right now for having him ranked there. Obviously, in the Thank future, you, if you rank him there, if you rank him there again, maybe next week, next week maybe we'll have issues. <laughs> Spoiler I, alert! Yeah, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't blame you for ranking him there. I think that felt just about where I would put it.
1: Zach, see, that's why I keep you around, dude. That's why right. I keep you around, brother. You, you just, you just, you just have a have a way. You just have a way. I, about I'm a you.
2: forgiving guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, look at Tyreek Hill at number twelve. Uh, so, by the way. Uh, oh yeah, so uh, I, I, we didn't. Re- we probably just like we kind of skimmed over the rankings. Like people who listen to the podcast, they probably don't know who number one to ten was, but you can't really have an idea of who it was after what we talked about. Uh, I think Zach kind of went over it too. But uh, we got Keenan Allen at number eleven, Tyreek Hill at number twelve, T. Higgins at thirteen, followed by Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, Debo Samuel, <laughs> Mike Evans, DJ Moore number nineteen, and then Terry McLaurin at number twenty. Um, Tyreek Hill, you know, he's had some decent games against the Patriots in the past, obviously with the chiefs, yeah. you know, but it's interesting because, you know, you would think, you know, off the top of your head, like, Oh, Belichick, you know, he probably game plan for Tyreek Hill. He probably have, have, has his number, but no, that's not the case. Um, Tyreek Hill has basically averaged a hundred receiving yards per game and more than a touchdown against them yeah. <laughs> in his career, <laughs> which, which was pretty surprising to me when I when I looked it up. Uh, and not, I, I actually
2: did the exact same thing. I was like, Oh, you did know, you really? Let, oh, yeah, let's try and project Tyreek Hill by looking at past performance against the Patriots. And the first two weren't as inspiring, but then the one game and he had like 39 points, just like, yeah,
1: he had like 150 yards or 170 yeah. yards and three touchdowns or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Um, but you in- know. Know with Tua, let's see what Tyreek Hill can do. Um, there is a chance that he is the focal point of this Dolphins passing offense, there's a good chance that that's the case. So, looking forward to see what he can do. Uh, with Tua, um, yeah, no, at number 14, that we have Cortland Sutton. You know, I think he has to come through on Monday night in order for me to redeem myself for Allen Robinson, uh, because he's like one, <laughs> I, one of I the think... guys I've been touting as well. <laughs> yeah, so
2: two names stand out on this list to me, and one, one of them is Cortland Sutton. I was gonna say, because I have huge expectations for Cortland Sutton, especially with the report saying that Russell Wilson's targeting him as the number one, you know, I I think that you will, you will have redeemed yourself if he does well. I think he's going to do very well. And like I said, I think even 14 might be a little low for the ranking. I think it's just a conservative ranking right now compared to where he'll be the rest of the season, because you know, we haven't seen him on the field yet, but I think that one's a guy that can move way up.
1: I hope so. I hope so. Um, But, uh, you know, so Artie Burns, you know, is not a good corner. You know, he might be there. On, he might not play on Monday as a possibility, but there's not going to be much experience back there to defend Colton Sutton behind him. Right. Um, you have a guy named Michael Jackson starting. I'm not joking. Okay. At corner. <laughs> the dude has four games in three years to his name. Okay. And mm-hmm. then you have the rookie Tariq Woolen, who was taking the fifth round of this past NFL draft. So not great. Sutton is in line to have a great game. On Monday yeah. night, and uh, he might be a big part of that Russell Wilson redemption story. Mm-hmm. The
2: only thing that could go wrong for him is game script. They get ahead early; there can be no reason to be throwing it. But uh, yeah. you know, maybe maybe Seattle comes out with like a renewed fight right? and just like, like like this energy trying to stick it to Russell Wilson. But you know, I, I don't I don't really see that happening.
1: <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah, I hear you. Um, now I'm looking at number 17, Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. It might seem a little bit low. Now, I, I initially had him at It does, right? <laughs> like, with him at nine. like, I had him at 19 initially, man. Uh, but, like, with Kittle likely out, I did move him up two spots. Um, now, listen, he finished as the wide receiver three last year. Like, yeah. wide, receiver, wide receiver 17 is going to feel really, really low. So, but the thing is, like, I'm not convinced that him and Trey Lance have the rapport just yet. Yeah. Um, and, and either way, like, like listen, he's going to be in your lineup. Right, regardless, like because the Bears are not good. Yeah. Um, their secondary is one of the worst in the NFL. And I I feel like I gotta move them up a little bit even more, but I do like these. I'm looking at these other guys, like obviously besides Allen Robinson. I'm looking <laughs> at these other guys. Um, I can't stop looking at Allen Robinson at 16. And I kind of like <laughs> these other away. guys more. Get like I, I like I like Brand I like Brandon Cooks because I know he's gonna get the targets. I know I like Cortland Sutton, I like T Higgins. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like I, I just like these guys more. Than Debo yeah. in terms of like kind of like you know a little bit of a guaranteed target share. Yeah,
2: for me, I feel like Debo Samuel being ranked at seventeen is like ranking him at I don't want to call it his floor, but on the lower end spectrum. If things don't go well, that's kind of where I see. Yeah, that. you're obviously yeah. starting Debo with hopes that he's going to be the you know wide receiver three overall like he was last season. um But you know this is a completely different quarterback. Um, Brandon Ayuk has had somewhat of an emergence apparently. This training camp in the preseason. So he's looking good. Um, you know, I would say George Kittle, but he might not play. But the offense might take a little bit to gel. Yeah, I see you got the graphic off the screen. Um, yeah. But the offense <laughs> might take a little bit to gel. So Debo Samuel, you know, I think 17 is ranking conservatively. Um, if he does finish there, you know, you'll get props for it. But if he finishes higher, it's like you can't really blame it Uh, right before we get back to the next graphic, I want to say one yep. more thing about DJ sure. Moore being ranked yes, at 19. I think yeah. that he is, I think that's a very low ranking. And I think that you yeah. to outperform it by a mile. And that's just because, you know, Baker Mayfield, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's a great quarterback, but he's the best quarterback that DJ Moore has had. DJ Moore is talented. If he gets the same type of opportunity that he had last season, I think he'll be able to capitalize on it much more, much more. The quality of the targets coming in, I think is gonna be much higher. we might finally see the DJ Moore breakout that we've been waiting for. Um yeah, I think so, what's called Sunday's gonna be very telling about how the rest of the season is going to go i expect big things i think 19 is a little low i might even i, I you know obviously hindsight's 2020 20. i would have him where Allen robinson is i've put dj Moore at 16
1: i can see that basically yeah. put him before Debo. yeah and you know what i think you're right about that i, I think, think he's locked in that.
2: for volume that he wasn't in past seasons just because of the quarterback play like if sam yeah. darnold was still starting i wouldn't be Excited about it. But th- this is DJ Moore. And we haven't really seen Baker Mayfield on a non-run heavy offense. So right. who knows? They they could unleash him.
1: <laughs> I hope so. I hope yeah. so. And I think you're right. That's a very, very conservative ranking. I, I should probably have him around 15 or something like that. I I, I think I agree with that. I agree That's with that. I mean, yeah. all, all, all the points that you're making make sense because I'm looking talking about those other guys having guaranteed target share. seems like DJ Moore is going to have that as well. Right. right.
2: That's And you don't want to rank it based solely on target share, but we've seen DJ Moore, the talent that he has, too. And he, I think he's just yeah. been kind of restrained.
1: No, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. I'm going to move him up. All um right. All right, moving on to 21 to 30. We have Jalen Waddle at 21, Deontay at 22, followed by Elijah Moore, Gabriel Davis, Rashad Rashad Bateman. And by the way, the reason why I have uh these guys locked in, like I had Al Robinson at 16, is because – like these rankings lock right so like these rankings were done before thursday night's game so it's not like i'm going to be moving them i'm not even able to move them uh like on fantasy pros for example like they're locked in this is what i had at before the game so i'm not going to change it yeah we're not going to change it after we're not
2: yeah (laughs) we're not in the business of lying to you guys and being untruthful (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly
1: exactly um yeah so and then we have Elijah Moore at twenty three, Gabriel Davis at twenty four, Rashad Bateman at twenty five, followed by DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amon Ross, St. Brown at twenty nine, and Jerry Judy at number thirty. Now, I got Deontay at twenty two. We'll see if Deontay mm-hmm. ends up playing. Uh, he was limited all week, and he's saying that he's taking one day at a time. No word on whether he'll play this week. You know, let's see if he gets another limited practice today. If he does, there's still a chance that he plays. Um, yeah. And if he plays, he's going to probably be in my lineup. Like Deontay, he missed a game against Cincinnati last year, uh, but he had a great game against them another time. And a lot of this secondary is Mm -hmm. back this year. It looks very Mm -hmm. similar to what they had last year. So um, the one thing is like, we'll see if Mitch Trubisky locks on to Deontay, you know, to give him another season of very high target share. Um, You know, we'll see if George Pickens or Chase Claypool end up taking more of the share than we think to potentially bring, uh, you know, Deontay's target share a little bit lower. That's going to be interesting to watch. Like if I had to guess, I would say Deontay Johnson's target share is still going to be over 25%. And uh, mm-hmm. George Pickens will be like a close second. If I had to guess right now with Chase Claypool coming in third, but a little bit more distant.
2: Right. And Deontay Johnson, you know, I was a kind of, you could call me a Deontay Johnson hater over the off season, but um. I think 2022 being ranked there, I think that feels about right. Just because I, I'm much more confident with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback than Kenny Pickett. And not that Kenny Pickett didn't impress me in the preseason, he did. But Mitch Trubisky is the best option right now for Deontay Johnson because we saw what he was able to do for Allen Robinson, even though, you know, the Bears were a bad team. Um, he was able to make Allen Robinson fantasy relevant before, you know, everything went backwards and upside down on fire but uh (laughs) in that 2021 season um but you know deontay johnson can be that guy we obviously know he's a big target share guy if he gets the same target share 2020 i keep saying the year 22 feels correct for where he's ranked
1: yeah and i have elijah moore right after him uh elijah moore had the best game of his career with joe flacco Uh, he caught eight of 11 targets last year for 141 yards and a touchdown if you're wondering about whether you should have him in your lineup, you should, okay? He's the Mm -hmm. number one target on that offense. Um, Also, we have to remember, the Ravens gave up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers last year in the NFL. I'm not worried about Marcus Peters potentially coming back. He's 31 years old, coming off the ACL. You know, he's like the original Trevon Diggs, right? Allowing yards and coverage but getting interceptions. Like, I want Elijah Moore (laughs) in my lineup. I want him in my lineup this week.
2: Yeah, Elijah Moore is definitely going in lineup. All these guys... Like up to, you know, I'd say up to Michael Thomas is where I'm, you know, in the rankings. I'm just referencing up to where Michael Thomas, 27. I have all of them in my lineup, regardless of what's going on. Juju um, Smith-Schuster is right where it kind of gets to be like, OK, should I be starting him over other guys? That kind of thing. That's just me. But Elijah Moore, we've been talking about the whole offseason. If you listen to us talk about up the whole offseason and you don't put him in your lineup, you know, that's your fault. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, seriously. Like, we're, we were so big on him, and um, now that Joe Flacco's there, we know that he can get it done with him, right? So that's good yeah. to know. Uh, Michael Thomas uh, – by the way, I want to talk about Gabriel Davis at 24, by the way. I think him at 24, from what his, like, opportunity looked like, seems like a solid ranking for him. So, like, I'm happy yeah. with this ranking of Gabriel Davis. Like, you know, borderline wide receiver two, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I'm looking at Gabriel Davis this season. With – And that's kind of what he did in this game. With every week, every week, wide receiver one upside, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's probably not going to finish as a wide receiver one in this past game, like this this week. Yeah. But he'll finish as a wide receiver two for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, With Gabriel Davis, you know. This is the kind of ranking where I kind of feel like T. Higgins falls into. And I think that T. Higgins is a little high. And we've been talking about that the whole offseason. I think at one point you had T. Higgins at eight. I wasn't a huge yeah. fan of that. I, I have know, him as like a borderline ranking.
1: wide receiver one right now. Or a low end yeah. wide receiver one, pretty
2: much. I, I view T. Higgins and Gabe Davis in a very similar light. But that's you're just crazy. Me.
1: <laughs> that's because you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, listen, like T. Higgins, you know, has earned target share in the past. We haven't seen that from Gabriel Davis, you know, Mm -hmm. without a large sample size, but you never know. You know? Yeah. Um, but I I do see I do see similarities though. I I get what you're saying. Pass heavy offenses, two wide receivers killing it, one obviously better than the other. But I think T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are a lot closer in talent than Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis.
2: Okay. Yeah, I guess you could say for me it's the connection that does it with you know, Josh Allen yeah. and Stefan Diggs have that
1: connection where they're just. Very but there's good. no doubt that in the end zone, dude, in the red zone, like, like Gabriel Davis is like he's gonna be doing yep. his thing all season. Gabe
2: long. Davis, you know, the way, not even just the way he plays and his physical profile, but maybe even kind of the way he looks. And this just might be me. He kind of reminds yeah. me of like Mike Evans. <laughs> just a Yeah, I can see him. that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe it's because I they were see- the same I, number.
1: I, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I, I see that. I see what you're saying. It's yeah, Mike but, Evans without the target share. <laughs> <right. laughs> Mike Evans, he's like Mike Evans, but just not as good. I get it. Yeah. Um, it looks like Michael Thomas is on track to play. Um, he will likely be the guy demanding the most target share here, but we'll see. He is coming yeah. off the injury. Um, but we haven't seen him play fully healthy in a couple of years now. We're hoping that he's a guy that we can continue to move up in the rankings. Like we have him at 27 here. We know that his ceiling. You know, is in top fifteen, top twelve. So yeah. the hope is that continuing every single week, we kind of move him up a little bit. Um, now he is going to go up against Casey Hayward, Aj Terrell. You know, but under the same defensive coordinator as last year, Dan Pease, the Fal- Falcons did allow the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So if it's a similar scheme and they don't have to depend, if they don't if they don't depend too much on these corners playing man to man on every play, uh, we might you know see some production out of these wide receivers. This week,
2: yeah, and you know, just a kind of bold prediction here. If I want to put out a bold prediction right now, just for so that here we go. Falcons game, you know, I think we're going to see a here lot more fireworks than we think. I think that we're looking at, you know, I'm. I think that the score is going to blow whatever the uh, line is for the game. You know, the over under in terms of total points scored. I think we're looking at, I think an offensive shootout. That's what I think we're going to see, and it's going to surprise Ooh. a lot of people with Marcus like Mariota. It. You know, but I think it's going to happen. Like you look, it's like oh. These two guys are having a mid-off. You know, it's Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. But, I, I, you know, they have good offense. They have pieces around them. You know, I, I think this could be a surprisingly, you know, a barn burner of a game.
1: I like it. I like it. All right. Moving on to 31 through 40 here. We got Brandon Ayuk at 31, followed by Darnell Mooney, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin at 35, assuming that he plays. Kadarius Toney at 36. Christian Kirk hunter renfraud Devonte smith and then julio jones at 40 um now brandon ayuk you know he's going to benefit big time from kittle missing this game um yeah. you know him and lance already have a good connection you know coming out of camp I, I can see lance locking onto ayuk in this game a bit and against the bears secondary like i do want ayuk in my lineup i think that's a ton of upside to add uh to your flex
2: yeah no i like brandon ayuk um I think that the hype may have him a little bit higher than I would put him. You know, I think that Amari Cooper at 33 would feel more appropriate if you switch them. I put Amari Cooper up just a little bit. Um, but that has nothing to do with Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, actually, you know, now that I think about it, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle's out. Yeah, okay. I, okay, now I'm I on think, board. I think if I George Kittle myself. was not yeah. –
1: I think if George Kittle wasn't out, I wouldn't have Ayuk this high. If Let's say George Kittle was playing – I think yeah. I would have Ayuk. I think I would have him right on, right ahead of Hunter Renfro, so I would have yeah. him around thirty eight or so, right, right okay. behind Christian Kirk. That's yeah. kind of I think, or maybe right ahead, like right in that range. That's kind of yeah. where I would have him. Uh, but since, since, I p- we're pretty sure George Kittle's out, we don't have George Kittle in these rankings. We're going to share the tight end rankings in a second. Yeah, mm. I, you know, I, I kind of like Brandon Ayuk there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: Um, but like we yeah, got Chris. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was no, just I'll just I'll name. move to the next one.
2: Yeah, the name that stands out to me is Amari Cooper on this, you know, slide right here yeah. of our rankings because you know we know Amari Cooper is a very talented receiver and he just didn't have target share. I don't think if you look at games where Amari Cooper got over eight targets, you know, he was a wide receiver one those weeks every single time. It's just the problem of you know when he was in Dallas, they had all these other receivers that drafted CD Lamb as a luxury. You know that really hurt his uh, volume. Um, Amari Cooper looks to be the undisputed wide receiver one on the Browns. And even though it's Jacoby Brissett throwing them the ball, you know, he's really the only option they have in the passing game as of today. So I think that he could surprise a couple of people and show up, have a bigger game than people expect.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. I do like that call. Um, so we have Kadarius Tony here as well. He's off the injury report. Um, and, you know, while we're all caught up with guys like Wandell Robinson, you know, I think it's Tony. Who has the most upside of any of these Giants wide receivers? Um, yeah. There's no one in the Titans secondary that scares me. I think it's a good matchup for Tony, and wherever he ends up lining up, like I think he has the advantage. So, and, and I do think he ends up moving around a little bit. We'll see what this you know new head coach Brian Dable has in store for him. But I'm very curious to see how he's used. Um, you know, he was using the slot a lot last year in his rookie year, uh, mm-hmm. but he might not be using the slot a whole lot this year. So I'm curious to see how he does on the outside, maybe against press coverage. Will he actually be using the slot? You know, we thought that Wandale was going to be that guy, right? So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see A, how he's used and B how he does if he does end up being on the outside.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you there. You know, I, the whole thing for me is I'm a little leery of the Giants offense overall. But um, for sure. Kadarius Tony's if you're gonna have anyone on the offense outside of Saquon, it's Kadarius Tony that you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, Chris Godwin. You know, we mentioned him. Still, no word on him or whether he'll play. Uh, He didn't practice on Thursday, so keep an eye on his practice status today. I think they said they're going to make a call on him today, on Friday. Uh, I I saw a game-time
2: decision or something like that. Yeah, I I did. And then I
1: saw like a. I I I think I saw that they were going to make a decision today. I think I saw that also. So we might not be very helpful for us fantasy managers. (laughs) (laughs) It really would be. So we might not have to wait until Sunday. Maybe I'm confusing him with another player. I, I, oh no, no, they were talking about JK Dobbins, but they were gonna make a decision on Friday. I'm sorry, right? So, yes, I think you're right. Chris Godwin will most likely be a Sunday decision, and um,
2: especially if it's game time, then you're kind of screwed because if you hold your spot open, you go through all the Sunday games, you know, not playing Chris Godwin, and then you hear he's out, you know, that's actually kind of pushing me away from starting him now. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because he, uh, because what Zach's referring to is that that game is on Sunday night. It's the yeah. the, the Bucks Cowboys game is on Sunday night, so you're gonna have to make a decision about him early in the day. And if you don't know that whether he's gonna play or not, that's gonna be a tough decision to make. And most likely, you're gonna have to go away from Chris Godwin at that point. Yeah,
2: that's kind of how I'm looking at it now. Because unless you wanna be pigeonholed and playing like Freddie Swain <laughs> with Drew Lockett quarterback yeah. or something like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would actually you know now that I'm thinking about it considered maybe just leaving chris godwin on the bench this week
1: yeah and you're gonna have to like end up picking somebody up from like the monday night game most likely like a like a like a like a kj hamler or something like that that's Mm -hmm. what you're probably gonna end up doing um so we got julio jones at 40 here uh not 40 years old but 40 in my rankings (laughs) i'm not i'm i'm interested to see you know how he's used i don't know that he's a full-time player on the Bucks. Mm -hmm. like he played more than 70 percent of snaps only three times last year um it's possible he ends up moving up in my rankings like in the future like if he plays a sort of Gronk like role you know Brady's looking for him a ton in the red zone um but with Godwin likely not at 100% still maybe he's used a bit more than he normally would um so I think throwing him in your flex this week is not a bad option
2: yeah no I'm with you you know Julio Jones also just pretty good he usually tears up the Cowboys so he has Tom Brady quarterback (laughs) now you know you yeah, I'd take a shot, especially with, you know, we're just like we're talking about, Chris Godwin, if he doesn't even play, you know, that'll be a big boost for Julio Jones. Um, this is a bet, I think, more on, you know, the pedigree, the name. You know, we know what Julio Jones can be is when he's healthy. Um, and if anyone's going to bring it out of him, it's Tom Brady. So I'm not ecstatic, obviously, if I'm throwing Julio Jones in my lineup at this point. But, you know, in a pinch. Yeah, yeah a I- pinch. I'll start him.
1: In a pinch, exactly. Because he could be the guy you go to
2: if you have Chris Godwin, you know. Maybe Julio Jones floating around on your waiver wire.
1: Possible, yeah. Um, Travis Kelsey at number one. Uh, We're moving on to tight ends now. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I have him at number two. That would be in line with your prediction, with your Falcons uh, prediction at at, at a a little bit of a shootout with New Orleans. Uh, Mark Andrews at three, followed by Dalton Schultz. Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard, T.J. Hawkinson, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, and Cole Komet. Now, Zach Ertz, obviously, you know he he's a little bit banged up right now. No word on whether he's practicing. You know what? I on the show right now. I'm gonna go check if if he has made a, an appearance uh, at practice. It's a little early. It's 1 p.m. Eastern time, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren Urban has has. Uh, Tweeted out in part, in open part of Arizona Cardinals practice. Tight end Zach Ertz was working. Um, they didn't see Rondell Moore there, obviously, but Zach Ertz is practicing. Okay. He's running routes and stuff, so it's possible that we see a a uh, limited practice for Zach Ertz. That would that would be my expectation. If he practices in full, great. He's playing. Okay, um, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So just keep an eye out. If you have Zach Ertz, if, you, if you're depending on him, make sure that you have a backup just in case he doesn't go. All right. Yeah. Um, And for
2: me, also, just a note on the Cardinals, you know, you're talking about Zach Ertz possibly playing. If he does play, I'm not even sure I'd worry about moving Marquise Brown around in the rankings because I think that might just make, you know, the Cardinals offense a little bit more efficient. You know, it's easy to say, oh, there's only one receiver like Marquise Brown on the Cardinals offense for this week and he'll be hyper targeted. But sometimes that's not the case. And, you know, the offense just suffers as a result because there's nobody else to throw to. If Zach Ertz even does play, you know, even if it's in limited capacity, I think it only helps the offense and Marquise Brown might, might be better off for it.
1: And there you go. And and Marquise Brown is just known to be uh, an efficient receiver. He's worked with a good tight end before
2: Mark Andrews. So,
1: Oh yeah. Literally he can get it done, but Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Travis Kelsey, obviously at number one for me, for me, it's obvious. Okay. Yeah. Um, No no more Tyreek Hill in Kansas city. He's going to be doing his thing. Kyle Pitts. Now the reason why I have Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews is because I, I do feel like Kyle Pitts is going to take a big step forward this year. Um, You know, with with Marcus Mariota, a quarterback who has really good experience of making fantasy tight ends relevant in the past. He did it with Delaney Walker. Kyle Pitts is a different animal. We didn't see the real Kyle Pitts last year. First of all, he was one of the most productive tight ends, rookie tight ends in history, right? We knew that he was going to be a free coming into the NFL. And this year, he has Drake London, uh, as his wide receiver one so now he finally gets some pressure off of him and he's gonna move yeah. back inside you want him to play in line that's where you want him running routes from you want him to be playing in the slot so I just feel like he is going to explode it, you know because of that right and yeah um I do I do see him locking on to Kyle Pitts a little bit Marcus Mariota so mm-hmm. um that's part of the reason why I have him there. Lamar Jackson, you know he has Mark Andrews obviously Mark Andrews is going to be able to do his thing as well, obviously, but Mark, Mark Andrews didn't do as good. You know, his numbers were very inflated because of the fact that Lamar Jackson was not the quarterback for a little stretch of the season last year. Yeah. How are you looking at these three? Would you play Mark Andrews over Coppets? It doesn't matter. All these guys are in your lineup, but who would you prefer?
2: Yeah. So I'm putting, I think the rankings that you have are accurate. I like Travis Kelsey, number one, because Patrick Mahomes is going to be locking on Kelsey. We know that. That's just common knowledge. Everybody knows. You know, Travis Kelsey ranked number one. That's the way it's been for the past five years now. But, <laughs> but, um, Kyle Pitts at two, I think is right. I think that's fair over Mark Andrews just because, you know, the Ravens, they're, they're a run heavy team. Obviously, that Lamar Jackson, you know, he's back. You know, they're going to be playing against a rough team in the Jets. Not, not to crap all over your team, but, um, that's Kyle Pitts, right I just think. He, like I said, and going along with my prediction for a, a, a shootout in Atlanta, um, Kyle Pitts is going to be the primary beneficiary if there is a shootout because he's going to be catching passes. I'd argue touchdowns. I think two touchdowns, that would be awesome. Obviously, he didn't have the touchdowns last season, but this season I think he could open up really strong against the uh, Saints. So I agree with your rankings. yes.
1: <laughs> I hear that. Um, Dalton Schultz at number four. Um, I just think that you know he's going to be the second option there. Uh, you know, w- with the Cowboys, it's going to be a high-scoring game. So I like Schultz a little bit over Darren Waller. With Darren Waller, you know, he's coming off a little bit of a soft tissue in Drew. We don't know like how severe that is. We don't know yeah. if he's like 100 percent good to go. Uh, it seems like he's he's okay. Um, it seems like more of a contract dispute than anything. However. Mm-hmm. We really want to see what his target share is going to look like with Devontae Adams in the fold. Right. That's that's yeah. pretty important to me. It's a pretty important piece of information I don't have right now. Um, <laughs> because there's no guarantee that he is the second target, right? Hunter yeah. Renfro can be the second target as well, you know. And if Darren Waldo's third, where does that put him uh in this tight end ranking? I still think he could be top five, top six. Uh he can yeah. even be top three. You know, if he's extremely efficient with Devonte Adams, I can see that happening. However, yeah, I'd rather play Dalton Schultz, guaranteed target share, um, serious opportunity.
2: Yeah, for me with Darren Waller, you know, and I wouldn't overreact to whatever target share he does get. Um, I wouldn't overreact if he does very well in target share this this week because this is a matchup that pretty much has you know shootout written all over it we saw how the games yes. went last season so this could be overinflated passing numbers that we're not going to see every week because this is just a it's a marquee matchup um two very good teams it's going to be you know fireworks so if darren waller ends up getting eight or nine targets along with Devonte adams getting 12 or 15 targets you know i don't think that's sustainable week to week so obviously that's only if he does really well you know, otherwise, you know, that's just how it's going to be. I think that we shouldn't get caught up in the quality of this matchup.
1: I think Dallas Goddard, you know, is an interesting one because, you know, he he's he's somebody who I can totally see vaulting into like the top four tight end yeah. discussion. Um, he's that talented. And if this team really truly does move into a pass heavy attack, like they I think they want to do, with the weapons that they do have, I do think that Dallas Goddard can potentially, you know, ha- make that leap. He was number one in the yeah. yards per route run last year. Uh, he's extremely efficient. We know how good he is. We know how talented he is. There's a reason why the the Eagles were happy to trade away Zach Ertz um, and have Goddard as their primary tight end, as their only tight end. Um, so I want him in my lineups no matter what. T.J. Hawkinson followed by Dawson Knox. We saw what happened with him. Hopefully, he bounces back next week. Has a higher uh, participation in terms of the pass game, and uh, and we have Cole Komet to kind of round it at, at number ten. Uh, Cole Komet, you know, isn't a sure thing either, right? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. we have George Kittle not in these rankings because we don't we're not expecting him to play. Uh, he wouldn't have made the top ten otherwise. Uh, but Cole Komet, you know, we don't know what for sure if he's going to have a very high route participation or not. Uh, yeah. in the preseason with the first team, it was around sixty five percent. You want it to be higher, you want it to be around 75 80% for a tight end to be able to be a top 10 guy, um, mm-hmm. unless they're like super duper efficient efficient. Um, and in this offense, like, do we really expect a ton of touchdowns, right? Probably not. And that's part of the yeah. reason why Cook Komet didn't get a ton of touchdowns last year, because you know, even though he was targeted a good amount. So keep that in mind. This offense isn't really slated to make you know a big to take a big step forward, right, in terms of mm-hmm. scoring. Um, but there is a chance that Comet has a high target share this year.
2: Yeah, and, and sometimes that's you know all it takes for a tight end. You know, tight end position is so shallow. We're kind of getting into, in, and you'll see on this next graphic. You know, it's pretty much streamers after the top seven or eight, unless we yeah, consider exactly. like Dawson Knox in that group. You know, right on yeah. the edge with Zach Ertz. But it it's a pretty bleak outlook after this. I mean. I'm looking at the rankings now. Tyler Higby at 15. You know, that I'm not sure if the usage that we saw last night is going to be repeated or if it's going to be I don't replicated, think it is. 11
1: targets is not going to happen. And look what he did with 11 targets. He didn't do anything.
2: Yeah. It's interesting, though, because at least he's getting looks. <laughs> you know, I mean, that counts like I, yeah. you look at the other guys that could be on the field, you know, like we don't know about Albert O. Um, obviously, he's ranked a little bit higher, and we don't for this is in hindsight from last night but you know if if I have to pick from a streaming option like this I'll take the guy that had 11 targets at one point obviously you know if he gets the 5 or 6 and you know, these are all backup options but
1: yeah for sure now I will say about Dave and Njoku I think out of all these guys I think we know that he's going to have a high route participation I think Pat Frymuth is going to have a high route participation uh yeah. Albert O like the it's still a question mark right we think that he will. We're assuming that he will, but, you know, we don't know for sure. Uh, but he is a guy that, you know, has a little bit of upside. So I'm willing to throw him in my lineup week one if I need a streamer. Irv Smith, mm-hmm. same thing. We're assuming that he is going to have close to, you know, 85% rap participation. He is good to go. He's off the injury report. Um, so you can start him week one. That estimation that he, they said that he's going to be back for week one, that whole, uh, held true, unlike Zach Wilson, who they said they'll be he'll be ready for week one, but now he'll be ready for week four. Um, (laughs) so, so you never know what you're going to get with any team, but it looks like he, he, he'll be good to go. Um, Gerald Mm -hmm. Everett really, you know, he's somebody that's very interesting to me, uh, because this team, this offense is going to be really good. Right. And they're going to be pass heavy. They're going to be running a lot of plays. Uh, and this week is going to be a very high scoring game. Um, Mm -hmm. Vegas and, and LA, these two teams, the Raiders and the Chargers have played each other times obviously over the last two seasons and in those four games they've beat their projected Vegas total each time Uh, they average about 58 points total <laughs> over those four games yeah. so it's a high scoring game every single time and now they got Devonte Adams the Raiders did so mm-hmm. Gerald Everett is somebody I'm looking at as like you know he's, he's on a lot of waivers there's no doubt about it so he's something I'm looking at if I gotta plug somebody in I'll plug him in
2: mm-hmm. and my, awesome my guy I'm looking at yeah, that's what I was going to say, Austin Hooper. You yeah, know. with everything that's going on with the Titans' receiving core, you know, we're not sure what Traylon Burks, what we should expect from him, or even what Ryan Tannehill is going to look like. You know, Austin Hooper's a guy I could feel like I could see catching four or five balls, maybe a touchdown. You know, they get in the red zone. Um, I, I like Austin Hooper if I have to pick somebody from this list. I might even say Austin Hooper. I feel more safe about putting in as like a streamer than Irv yeah. Smith right now, just because. You know, I think the situation is better. Irv Smith, like Austin Hooper, isn't behind Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and right. he doesn't have. I mean, he has Derrick Henry at running back, where the Vikings have Dalvin Cook. But Austin Hooper, I think, could have the target share that we're looking for, if at the very least, you know, that's all that he gets.
1: Yeah, he he could lead. I wouldn't be surprised if he leads his team in targets by the end of the year. You know, that's that's in the uh, realm. That's of a, that's a
2: little in. bold, but okay. I, I who
1: I who, who who do you think leads leads the team in
2: targets? Robert Woods, Traylon Burks. <laughs> I, I think Traylon Burks just because they you know they drafted him they wanted him to play so I could see it as long as he's now, healthy, just, as long as he just
1: healthy. for the podcast listeners um I'll just go over this list real quick at eleven we had Pratt Firemuth followed by David Njoku followed by Albert O. Irv Smith Tyler Higby Hunter Henry Gerald Everett Austin Hooper Mike Geseki and then Evan Ingram and by the way the reason why we have a Mike Geseki too low or I have him too low at nineteen is because. We, I don't really expect him to be that involved in the pass game. Apparently, he's been he's going to be staying in to block a ton, um, and that might not be too conducive to fantasy points. Um, and on top of that, you got Tyreek Hill now, and there's going to be a lot of targets split between him and Jalen Waddle. So, Gasecki right. took a hit. Yep. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Um, have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy football on Sunday. By the way, I'll be going live uh, starting at 11.00. 30 1130? 1130 30 12 so no 11 o'clock a.m eastern time uh on instagram i'll be live for about 90 minutes uh with a bunch of different characters over on instagram we'll be talking fantasy answering fantasy questions fantasy start talking about f- uh start sits all that uh so make sure you tune in there uh if you want the full set of rankings uh including flex rankings you can hit the patreon it's in the description of this video um and uh you get all the rankings and, and blurbs the blurbs will be up Uh, later today. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, Zach, appreciate you, man. Have a great weekend and we'll see you guys
0: soon. Take it easy.
1: Bye.